0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.
2: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Monday, February 13th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, February 12th in New York. And coming up today,
3: U.S. consumer prices are projected to pick up in January.
2: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the U.S. should look at banning TikTok in the United States.
3: Economist Kazuo Ueda may be the next BOJ governor as leading candidate Masayoshi Amamiya refuses to take the role.
4: An unidentified object has reportedly been shot down over Lake Huron. China is reportedly getting ready to take down an unidentified object flying over Qingdao. Turkey broadens its investigation into contractors. I'm Erica Herskowitz with Global News. We'll keep you up to date on
2: Super Bowl 57 and the latest from the pitch. I'm Pete Fox. Those stories and more coming up in Bloomberg Sports.
3: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner.
2: And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida seems to have chosen an outsider as the next governor at the Bank of Japan. We're told economist and former BOJ board member Kazuo Ueda is sent to be nominated tomorrow our time. Earlier, the Nikkei had reported that the leading candidate, Deputy Governor Masayoshi Amamiya, had refused to take the post. Here's Bloomberg's
0: Kathleen Hayes. Right now, you kind of have to guess. Is he going to be more hawkish? Is that why they he's taking over instead of someone else? Or is he going to be dovish? When he was approached by reporters just in the last couple of days, he said the current policy is appropriate. I'm reading it to you now. And monetary easing needs to be continued at this point. He has also said a policy review should be done at some point. He also has said recently in an article that the BOJ is far from achieving 2% inflation, that sustainable and rate hike to avoid a weaker yen would just lead to economic deterioration.
2: The yen initially rose to the strong side of 130 against the dollar on media reports of Ueda's selection. Markets viewed him as more hawkish than Amamiya, but those gains were trimmed after Ueda said that the BOJ stimulus should stay in place.
3: Doug? We've got a lot more for markets to digest in the coming week, including the latest readings on U.S. inflation. We have more from Bloomberg's Susanna Palmer.
0: The Consumer Price Index comes out on Tuesday with economists predicting the prices of goods and services likely rose last month, a development that would point to Federal Reserve policymakers needing to do more to lower inflation. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg are forecasting the CPI will have increased by a half percent month over month in January, and the core CPI, excluding food and energy, rose four-tenths of one percent. While the monthly CPI figure likely rose in January, the annual headline number is projected to have come down to 6.2 percent from 6.5 percent the prior month. Susanna Palmer, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
2: And beyond the inflation data, there'll be an abundance of earnings to sift through. We have a
3: preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. We'll be hearing from companies over a wide range of industries amid anxiety over rising interest rates and inflation. Emily Rowland is co chief investment strategist at JH Investments.
1: We think this is going to be a tough environment for companies going forward. Costs are elevated, especially the cost of capital.
0: Having risen a lot, that is yet to be absorbed. And top-line growth slowing meaningfully as consumers start to retrench. Companies have too much stuff. We think
1: there's going to be a major war on margins in 2023.
3: Among the companies reporting this week, Airbnb, Analog Devices, AIG, Applied Materials, Cisco Systems, Coca-Cola, and Zillow. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Senate lawmakers have revived legislation to ban TikTok in the U.S. The concern is over data collected by this app ending up in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, a similar measure failed in the last Congress. This latest move is likely to prompt opposition not only from the tech lobby, but millions of mostly young users on this platform. Here is Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer.
2: It's something that should be looked at. We do know there's Chinese ownership of uh, the company that owns TikTok. And so there are some people in, in the Commerce Committee that are looking into that right now. We'll see. We'll see where they come out.
3: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on ABC's This Week, heard earlier here on Bloomberg Radio. By the way, the CEO of TikTok, Xiaozi Chu, is especially, or he is due to appear, I should say, before the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd.
2: Bill Ackman's Pershing Square Holdings is said to be considering a possible listing in New York. Currently, the company trades in London and Amsterdam. By listing in the United States, it would allow Pershing to market shares directly to American investors. The Sunday Times reports the move could help Pershing close the discount at which its shares trade compared to its net assets. Ackman had also floated this idea last summer of Pershing listing in the United States. We have Walter Todd coming up in a few moments president and chief investment officer and managing director at Greenwood Capital. And among the things we might be talking about, Doug, is interesting here to see uh, an outsider possibly taking the helm at the Bank of Japan. And if not really hawkish, maybe a hawkish tilt is still in the guards.
3: Clearly an academic. Uh, Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers was telling our David Western on Bloomberg Wall Street week, Uh, that he is very much Japan's Ben Bernanke. So as the BOJ looks for a way to unwind this ultra-easy monetary policy that it has had now for decades, maybe he's the guy to do it.
2: Yeah, and looking at uh, inflation in the United States, because everybody the world over is really thinking about inflation these days, uh, even there in, uh, in Tokyo. But I was amazed to see that BlackRock sees the pace of inflation hovering around 3.5% for the next five years. And you remember how I responded or reacted to John Williams' comment last week that, uh, that the Fed needed to get above 5% and keep it up there for years. He said a few years. I thought he would be uh, scolded by the, 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 the chair of the Fed. But he may well have, but we don't know.
3: Well, Pat Harker was saying on Friday that the uh, key rate, the Fed funds rate, needs to get above 5% and stay there. Stay there. Yeah. So I think they realize that it's going to take a lot to get price pressures under control.
2: And and to this point, Alliance Bernstein um, makes this point that uh, although inflation is moderating, that investors shouldn't be betting on that. They they are underestimating the structural changes that we have seen uh, to higher levels of inflation that are sticky, changes brought by deglobalization and labor shortages. Uh, And BlackRock and PIMCO also say it's no time to ditch inflation-linked
3: debt. Particularly in the services sector of the economy. And look, um, before I let you go, uh, New Zealand's permanent uh, services index, uh, I'm sorry, that's performance uh, services index was up in the month of January to a reading of 54.5, much hotter than forecast. So it just underscores the strength of the services economy.
2: All right. It's nine minutes past the hour. It's time for Global News. Another unidentified object shot down today. We get to the Bloomberg Newsroom and Erica Herskowitz. Erica.
4: Brian, it was uh, shot down under uh, over Lake Huron, I should say, in Michigan. This time the Pentagon used an F-16 fighter but took down the object with a sidewinder air-to-air missile, the same missile used on the other three objects that were also shot down this month. The FAA closed airspace over parts of Lake Michigan Sunday, citing national defense. It's the third object to be shot down over North America this weekend. The first was downed over Alaska Friday, the second taken down over Canada Sunday, and the White House says it is too early to say what the latest object shot down were, however, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says they are believed to have also been high-altitude balloons. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Montana Senator John Testor says there's even a possibility of another object flying over Montana's airspace.
0: There was an anomaly and they've investigated. I think it got dark so they couldn't fully check it out.
4: Testers said it could be a false alarm. Airspace over the central part of the state was temporarily closed Saturday while NORAD sent military aircraft to investigate. However, they were unable to find anything. Meanwhile, according to reports, China is getting ready to take down an unidentified object flying over waters near the port city of Qingdao, which is home to a major naval base for the People's Liberation Army. This, according to Chinese news outlet The Paper. No word on what the object is. The naval base hosts both ballistic and nuclear attack submarines and is the command headquarters of the country's North Sea Fleet. Turkey is widening its investigation into contractors as the earthquake death toll rises. So far, more than 33,000 people have died in Turkey and Syria as a result of last week's devastating quake. And Turkish President Erdogan is being accused of pushing through, allowing property owners to have construction violations forgiven without bringing their buildings up to code, a move that seemed to have appealed to voters on his 2019 campa- campaign trail. The Turkish government has, has responded by arresting building contractors and others with ties to collapsed buildings, and the Justice Ministry has set up investigation bureaus for earthquake crimes across the affected area. G7 foreign ministers are preparing to meet in Munich as Russia's military actions against eastern Ukraine appear to be intensifying. Top U.S. and Ukrainian military leaders spoke ahead of Tuesday's meeting of the allied nations in Brussels, where foreign ministers from the group of seven will reportedly also meet during the Munich event. Russia on Friday launched its biggest barrage of missile attacks so far this year as president's Zelensky seeks more weapons to fend off Putin's invasion. Global news powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Erica Herskowitz. This is Bloomberg.
0: The Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: You know success when you see it.
0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen.
2: And this is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia in Hong Kong. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. And our guest is Walter Todd, President, Chief Investment Officer, Managing Director at Greenwood Capital. Walter, a tough week last week, a <laughs> tough week for, for the stock market and the, bo- and the bond market. It was the worst week for the bond market since back in September. I think it's fair to say that all of a sudden now the inflation hawks have the upper hand. Are they right?
5: Yeah, well, we'll see. Right on Tuesday, <laughs> um, certainly the revisions uh, that came out that didn't get a lot of coverage, honestly. But yeah, I think you did see some market reaction, as you alluded to, with with bonds moving higher, and of course we've seen commodities uh, move up here recently, which is you know, probably putting some additional upward pressure uh, on yields as well. So I mean, it's I mean it's safe to say that 2023 is um, it feels a bit like uh, an episode of the Twilight Zone. Uh, I don't know who had UFOs on the bingo card, but. I certainly did not. But uh, anyway, we'll see on Tuesday with the CPI report. Well,
0: what about- Markets, it, it, do you think that uh, risk has gone too far in some senses and what we may well be witnessing is a bit of a pullback taking place now?
5: Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. I mean, the, what, what we saw, that I mean, it's not unusual to see you know, kind of the losers become the winners in the first you know, month of the year, but the extreme to which we saw this uh, in the, in January was you know, really the, the most extreme that we've seen since, uh, I think, uh, the early 90s uh, in terms of this reversion trade. So I do think there's some some money to come out of that and, and have that settle back out a little bit uh, as we move through the rest of this month and get through earnings season, which is also been a little bit unusual given some of the stock reactions both up and down uh and the extent to which those have happened um i i think you know we'll we'll continue to see some some volatility
2: We haven't seen a huge uptick in inflation. We've just seen, you know, the jobs were strong. And then the Fed policymakers have been out there just hammering the point. Let me have some fun with you, Walter, and you can kind of, uh, you can put me down a little bit. The Fed doesn't want you to buy bonds because, well, that would bring yields down and that makes their job harder. They don't want you to buy stocks because, you know, companies might buy equipment and hire people. And, you know, that would make the Fed's job harder. You could put your money, I guess, in the bank but then the bank might just lend it out so that's no good um where where does the fed want you to
5: put your money hello mattress (laughs) yeah i was gonna say dig a hole in the backyard i guess or yeah stick it under the what sense
2: does that make who's gonna do that
5: (laughs) no it's listen it's it's a tough it's a tough job that they have right here they're they're trying to kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth uh you know get growth down obviously get inflation under control um, But we've what we've seen really since that hot CPI reading going back in October, if you remember, we've seen financial condi- conditions ease uh, quite a bit. And honestly, I mean, Powell's commentary coming out of the last meeting and when he spoke uh, last week at, at that economic club, he hasn't really pushed back too much. He keeps talking about mm. disinflation has started. So yeah. I'm not sure what he wants us to do at this point. Mm. Good point.
0: Well, that's just it, isn't it? Okay, so it's a real conundrum out there. Uh, and so, what actually do you do then, Todd?
5: Yeah. So, what you know, what we've been doing this year so far is just trying to be very disciplined with you know, kind of our, our model weights and, and positions. So, you know, we've we've taken advantage of some of these moves and and trimmed positions back. You know, move some of that into cash. Move some of it into some positions that are you know underperformed so far this year. We've sold out of a position like meta that jumped 25% uh, on the earnings uh, beat. We just thought that was too extreme. Um, so we've just tried to be a little bit more nimble, a little bit more active and take advantage of some of this you know early strength in the year. I said I would. I was thinking about, uh, you
2: know, running a diatribe on that. And I said I would do it with the sort of uh, stentorian uh, tones of of Doug Krisner, But instead, I, I put my edge on it. So I have to apologize for that. But it's nice to see you partially agree. Let's switch to China. So we had new China loans in January, setting a record almost 5 trillion yuan. You like China at this juncture?
5: Well, I think you know China had – it's kind of like these other kind of mean reversions that we've seen coming into the new year. Huge run off of the lows in the fall. Um, so I think there's you know some room for give back. I think international in general with the fall in the dollar, it looks more attractive. But, we've, again, we've kind of seen a little bit of an uptick in the dollar, a little bit of a downtick in international markets. So I think it definitely makes sense to have exposure to international markets, including emerging markets like China but i think you know they probably need to cool off a little bit before they maybe reaccelerate and the dollar kind of rolls over
2: this is bloomberg daybreak asia your morning brief on the stories making news from hong kong to singapore and wall street
3: look for us on your podcast feed every day on apple spotify and anywhere else you get your podcast
2: you can also listen live each day on bloomberg 1130 in new york bloomberg 991 in washington bloomberg 1061 in boston and Bloomberg 960
3: in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen
2: coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119,
3: the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.